It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or AM 1260 WBIX, depending where you're listening and what day of the week you're listening on. Remember, you can find some uh, previously aired versions of the Car Doctor Program on Sunday nights at 9 o'clock on AM 1260 WBIX, so you can listen there. You can also find older programs on iTunes and Stitcher and Tune in as well as uh, my podcast site, which is johnfpaul.podomatic.com. You can find them there. Uh, you can also find my webpage, which is still a confusing address. It's johnknowscars.wix.com backslash johnknowscars. A little confusing, but you can find it there. And that has links to uh, what should be all of the latest articles. So the article that's in the Boston Globe today which also appears in the in Boston.com, the Providence Journal, the link to the Worcester Telegram uh, website, and the podcast site, and AAA's website. So you can find car reviews and columns there, and it's all in one page. So we're working on getting that just in my name, so it'll be a little bit easier for people to find. We don't have a guest book for this morning, so if you would like to call us and chit-chat about your car, your car problems, maybe you have a car show coming up and you want to try to promote it, uh, you can always do that. You just give us a call at 617-770-3030, and we can try to help you with uh, trying to promote your show. I understand there was a big turnout at the Bass Pro Shops show this week, uh, which always has a big turnout. People come from lots of states away, and I understand there was a big turnout there. Although, it's uh, uh, usually I see some cars heading up there on my way home from work. I didn't see that this week, but uh, usually that's every other week uh, that takes place at the Bass Pro Shops. And uh, the on the off week, I, I, I don't know if they're still doing their car show at... Um, the uh, random dog truck, which is where they used to do it, which I just stumbled across one day. I was coming home from, uh, I think, Taunton or Raynham or somewhere down that way, and I was going up uh, by the dog track, and I saw some cars in there, so I pulled in, and at the time, I happened to be driving a Corvette, and uh, the guy waved me in, and I, and I just sort of parked. The next thing I know, I was surrounded by Corvettes. So there was a bunch of Corvettes there. So that was sort of interesting. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. If you want to call in and maybe you want to find out if your car has been recalled or there's a technical service bulletin on it, we'll try to look that up and try to come up with an answer for you there. Uh, this week I was at uh, two days. I was out in Worcester at the uh, DCU Center where there was a big traffic safety conference going on. And... Uh, among other things, I ran into Dan Strollo from In Control Advanced Driver Training, and uh, I said to him, uh, "You know, one of these days you got to uh, 
you know, pop back on the show and talk about what's going on with kids and driving and and uh, safe driving practices. And uh, we'll have to do that again before too too long because he's always uh, always a good guy. And he and every once in a while he gives away a a um, gift certificate to the In Control Advanced Driver Training School. No obligation on Dan's part to do that because he gives us a lot of good information too. And also next week. We, uh, I plan to uh, have a couple of guests uh, lined up. One is to talk about the future of diesel cars. And the second, I'm going to try to get an interview put together for uh, somebody from the Barrett-Jackson auction. I don't know if I can get Keith Jackson or not. We are Facebook friends, for whatever that's worth. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe we can... Uh, we can we can talk about that at the same time. So, but I want to talk about that because the uh, Barrett Jackson auction this year, or one of the auctions, is going to be down in Foxwoods. So it would be kind of interesting to see um, see what's going on see what's going on there. That'd be uh, I think that would be kind of fun to to get that to get that all done, and uh, I think it would be I think it would be a good time. So I just forgot to I just forgot to do something. So. Let's see, we have a note about Sunday morning car shows in Peabody. Any more than that. So a Sunday morning car show in Peabody. So if you're up in the Peabody area, drive around and try to find the Sunday morning car show. We'll try to do a little more we'll try to do a little more research. But our phone number is 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Tom. Hey Tom. Good morning, John. Good morning, sir. How are you? There's a good one. Very good. Last week I called you about the oil, different oils for the 2011 GMC yep. terrain. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I haven't done it yet, but what I noticed is this has a cartridge-type oil filter, which I've never used before, you know, uh, on the top of the engine instead of usually on the bottom of the yep. side. Familiar with those? What's the yeah. pros and cons with those? Um, it makes a mess. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, other than that, it's it, you know, it's no different than right. you know, uh, no different than it used to be. You know, years ago when you had a you know replaceable filter element that sat inside a can in a you know '61 Chevy or something. So right. Know, yeah. So it's just uh, I don't know. I like to spin on disposable filters myself, but yeah. uh, you know, I just I just think they're you know make a lot less mess, but. Yeah, well, that's what I'm going to find out. But what I was wondering, <clears throat> so just where I have the time, I started researching filters. And, boy, there's a lot of pros and cons on the filters, which you think are simple, you know. You see the big-name ones, and I see terrible reviews for them. And, uh, you know, uh, it just so many variations. But one thing I was wondering on this filter is, you know, when you buy certain filters, even the old cartridge type, they have some of them have like a little valve or something, so they retain right, the oil. Right, it's an anti drain back anti-drain valve. Anti drain back. That's yeah. Enough. And does this, um, have it? does this type? Is it, I'm just wondering if it's something I should be looking for. Because no, I don't think top. in that. Yeah, I can't imagine in that style you're going to see an anti. And it, although it's fancy as that sounds, an anti drain back valve. Really, all it is is a piece of rubber. And mm-hmm. what happens is when the when the when the oil's sitting in a certain way, it's. Um, it just holds this little rubber seal, and then when the engine starts, the oil pumps just pushes the little rubber flap open. But then right. when you shut the engine off, the flap closes back and it holds oil into the filter. So where that's mounted, if there is any kind of anti-drain back valve, it's it's in the it's in the oil filter housing right, itself. Yeah. And 
Yeah, so... Yeah, I, that's what I, what I noticed. I just didn't think this type would even have it. Because you get some misinformation online, certain, even from the product manufacturers. I think they put general information for just their type of filters, you know, not specific to cartridge versus uh, canister type yeah, of whatever. Yeah, because everything I read online is true, right? Well, you know, not everything, but <laughs> when, but a lot of them show pitches. Yeah. They'll cut away of filters, and they're dramatically different in yeah. the qualities of materials. Like, yeah. It, it, it is amazing, uh, you know, to stick with, well, I can't say brand name anymore. <laughs> no, and, and it is, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because, um, there, you know, you, you look at, you know, my, my Hyundai, for instance, is, um, every aftermarket filter, it says, you know, meets or exceeds original equipment standards. Right. But Hyundai actually put out a technical service bulletin that said only use a Hyundai filter because of the anti-drainback valve. And they have found problems where some of them allow the oil to drain back and it, and it almost starts like it has no oil in it. I have used, you know, I have used a variety of different filters, but I have to say that occasionally when I'm driving by the uh, Hyundai dealership, I'll swing in and pick up a, a Hyundai oil filter and... They're remarkably inexpensive. They're like six or seven bucks. Right. So, you know, for the difference in the six or seven dollars I'm going to spend for the the uh, the yeah. factory filter versus the five or right. four or five dollars for a Fram or an STP or auto light or whatever the case is, or right. even some of the the cheaper ones. You know, there's there a lot of um, high volume shops use an oil filter. It's called it's called I think Group Seven. And yeah, it's I've a heard. pretty generic oil filter, but I have to say it's a pretty good oil filter. It is. Okay. Yeah, so, but, you know, if you can, I mean, but I don't think you're going to have, you know, uh, have uh, an issue, but, you know, is it is it a special oil filter that sits down inside that canister on there? And and that's actually, that one's actually pretty easy. Like you said, it's mounted yeah. at the top of the engine. You just unscrew the top cap. Yeah, and, you need uh, like a big, but you need a special socket uh, that's a very shallow because there's not enough room to put a ratchet with or even a breaker bar. You ha they sell like it's a 33 millimeter from what I gather. Yeah, yeah. it's very shallow. It's like yeah. an inch. It just I have an inch and a quarter that would fit, but I can't can't get, quite get in there. Yeah, yeah, with it or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's not that it's a big deal, but when they just say if you just you know, it's like everything when you start to research, you can go crazy. <laughs> but you notice know, some fil some filters will start will give you a breakdown and say this uh, filter is 30 microns. Other ones won't give you any of that right. information. So you say, hmm. Why are they not? Yeah. I, yeah. You know, it's not the biggest deal, but it just gets kind of interesting. Yeah, it, it does. And, and I have to think the filtering capacity was more of a concern years ago when engine, you know, years and years ago, you would buy a brand new car, drive it 500 miles and do an oil change just to get all the metal filings out of the engine because they never did a good job. Right. Now, you know, that isn't the case. And also, you're, you're not seeing the same level of contaminants that mm. you used to, um, right. and the oil's better, and the engine's you know better, you know better equipped. Um, so, but it's yeah. still you know I remember years and years ago it was probably you know in the first couple of years I ever did a radio program, so it had to be more than twenty years ago. There's a and the company's still around the the uh, the oil company Amsoil. Mm. Yeah, and it's sort of like uh, it's sort of like buying oil as if you would buy, you know, fuller brushes or something. It was, you know, the, it, independent distributors, you didn't buy it on the shelf, 
and you bought it from a guy who you know had a truck full of it sort of thing and that's how they sold it and right. it was the oil itself was a fully synthetic oil back before anybody even thought about synthetic oils and the guy who and the guy who marketed and, and sort of invented this oil was a former aircraft engine engineer hmm. or something but right. we got talking about oil and extended oil changes and he said you know, my oil, you know, this synthetic oil generally doesn't break down, but it will get contaminated. And I said something about changing oil filters. And he said, and, and, I, and I remember what he said because it was so... Profound. Uh, he, well, I don't <laughs> know if it was profound, but I remember it from, like, J.C. Whitney catalogs and stuff. And he said, the best oil filter you can find, go get a kit where you take out your oil filter and put in a canister-style filter that uses rolls of toilet paper. Hmm. And he said, it, "It's instead of filtering through a pleated element, all of a sudden now you're filtering through hundreds of layers of paper. So the oil's going to stay that much cleaner." And he said, "And he said to me, if you use that style filter, he said you can almost leave the oil in there indefinitely. But what wow. he would recommend doing is having the oil checked periodically just to make sure it isn't being contaminated by, you know, antifreeze or you know some sort of internal engine problem." But, but, you know, I I still think about that. And, you know, every once in a while, you know, out of curiosity, I've cut an oil filter open just to see what's inside of it. And it really is, you know, it's just, you know, a bunch of pleated paper. And it's not, you know, depending on, you know, how it's made. Some are what you've found out. Some have a lot more pleats in it than others. And then you think about, you know, know, whatever it would be, 500 feet of toilet paper all wrapped up. And, you know, can the oil actually even go through that? But apparently it can. Yeah, and today with all the technology, the different types of paper and so forth. Oh, sure. Uh, that's why I say it's, it's just kind of, you get into it and you start yeah. reading all these different things. And it's like, well, you know, I don't know. So I said, well, maybe I just stick with the AC Delco. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't go wrong using the original equipment style. Right. So, you know, that's always been, you know, sometimes you just can't. And even sometimes, you know, AC Delco and others, you can... You can uh, still get, you know, you can get those at some of the big box stores like, you know, Walmart and Target. So. Well, actually, the regular places, all of them, they're only seven ninety nine, yeah. And a lot of, you know, you go to the higher-end ones, they're 13 14 yeah. 15. You know, the, the one, uh, let me just say this because he's an advertiser of yours, Royal Purple. Mm-hmm. I happen to be watching car shows one time, and one of them went to Royal Purple it, where he manufactures them. Yeah. They're an incredible filter. They are more money, but... You really see you getting what you pay for. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the best filter I've ever seen. Uh, you know, they showed how it was manufactured and critical and tall. I mean, it's an excellent filter. Yeah, no, it's it. You know, they have they have a really good product. They they haven't they haven't been with us for a long time, but it's a right. good. Pro- you know, you know every you know everybody now goes to the big you know big TV shows. So yeah, right, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where they they have to yeah, for the advertising. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, John. Okay, Peter take time. care, Tom. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. It's the annual car show in downtown Peabody, so you can check it out um, on Sunday, so big car show. Um, I've been corresponding back and forth with uh, Wayne Carini from Chasing Classic Cars, and my last email to him was uh, yesterday I said we have to firm up a date to get you back on the program and uh, we'll have to figure out figure out what he's up to. I know with Barrett Jackson coming up, he was talking about uh, he has three cars that are going to Barrett Jackson, so we'll have to. I know he'll be a little bit busy with that, but wouldn't it be fun to be able to call him from? Well, he's at Barrett Jackson. That'd be kind of fun. 
but uh, he's uh, just he's just uh, just a good guy, just a good down to earth kind of guy. So good guy to talk to. We are going to be talking about the car that got me here today, which isn't a car at all, but a minivan, and uh, it's a luxury minivan. And we'll uh, explain who made that in just a little bit, not from who you would expect. And um, I got a, I came across a technical service bulletin the other day. Uh, they sent it to me at work, and it says 2014 to 2016 model year Lexus vehicles are experiencing a vehicle navigation system problem that AAA is uniquely positioned to assist with. This presents an opportunity to highlight uh, for Lexus, uh, you know, some of our uh, partnerships, and we do roadside assistance. For background, certain data that was broadcast by Lexus traffic and weather data service provider was not handled as expected by the computer system and the vehicle's navigation system. In some situations, this issue can cause the navigation display to restart repeatedly, affecting operation uh, of the navigation system, audio and climate control features. So a whole bunch of things can go wrong. Lexus customer care is advising customers that a correction is a forced system restart, and that's accomplished by disconnecting and reconnecting the battery. Lexus is advise, advising customers to visit their local dealership for a con- complimentary navigation reset. So this comes back to as complicated as computer systems and cars are, sometimes you need to unplug them and plug them back in again. That's what this is. But as an alternative, many of these uh, Lexus owners uh, may actually call roadside assistance. And, and it really is pretty simple. Disconnect the negative battery cable, wait five minutes, and reconnect the battery. About all there is to it. Um, can we just take a quick break? Only because I just, uh, I need to ask you a question. Why don't we take a quick break? Rick, uh, stay right there. We will be with you in a minute. If you would like to join us, our phone number is WROL Boston. Dr. Denton Lotz, senior pastor of Tremont Temple Baptist Church, invites you to listen every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. for a word from the pulpit of Tremont Temple, right here on the Spirit of Boston, 950 WROL. You're also invited to enjoy warm worship and fellowship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the sanctuary of Tremont Temple, 88 Tremont Street in Boston City Center. Tremont Temple's podcasts are available 24-7 at WROLradio.com and WEZERadio.com. Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800 800- 280-3517. 
Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Uh, someone called in just to correct me a Car Doctor correction this morning. It's Mohegan Sun where where the uh, Barrett Jackson auction is, not Foxwoods. Not being a gambler, I don't. I, they all confuse me. And I just, I actually just read something this morning that at Foxwoods they're putting in a Guy Fieri restaurant, a Cat Cora restaurant, who's another celebrity chef. Some other thing, and for uh, people who watch car shows, a uh, Gas Monkey Garage Hot Rod Bar and Grill. So, so Gas Monkey Garage Bar and Grill, Cat Cora Restaurant, and Cat Cora was on that. Uh, what's the chef show? The the where they compete against each other. What's the chef show where they compete against each other? Iron Chef. Iron Chef. Yeah, there we go. Iron Chef. Show? Yeah, Cat Cora's been on that. Competing oh, okay. before, so I want. I, there's no reason for me to watch the Food Network <laughs> ever, but apparently I do. Let's talk to uh, where we're we going. We got to talk to Rick. Rick. Well, uh, you could say my motorcycle is in a case is in a state of mechanical shop right now. I'm getting ready to wash it. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I was talking to a, f- a friend of yours who uh, you go to church together with, who works in this s- station here part time. Yeah, Joel. Yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, so he said. Uh, he said, uh, I don't know. We were we were chit chatting about you this morning. <laughs> well, he's a good guy. Yeah, I like him. And then, um, what comment I like to make is, um, I had to take my grandson to school. Okay, and a couple twice it was in the last week or so. I've had somebody that started tailgating me, so I just tapped on the brakes lightly, not enough to slow down, hmm. but just to flash the lights. And instead of backing off, they actually pulled in closer. Mm. To the point, all I could see was their wind, windshield. Okay. And yeah. A little bit of their hood. Mm. You know, and, you know, that is, if somebody's nervous and trying to say, hey, back off, you know, too close to me. Yeah, Taylor, that doesn't, that doesn't work. In fact, there's, there's almost nothing that works. You know, you can yeah. try, you know, sometimes what happens, if you just take your foot off the gas and coast a little bit and slow down gradually... That's enough sometimes to shake off a tailgater. Yeah. Um, one thing, and this is not in the list of AAA-approved uh, driver training methods, uh, wash your windshield. Uh-huh. And what happens is when you wash your windshield, the windshield washer goes up over your car and sprays on their car. Yeah. And it wakes them up. Well, I got one thing that, uh, depending on the time of year, works really well. Okay. Yeah, it's almost guaranteed to back them off. 
Be riding a motorcycle in January wearing colors. And yeah, I would. I would take. I would take no matter what, whether it's uh, uh, Christian colors or you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, or uh, you know the. I don't know. I was. One, one I, better. Yeah, yeah. Either way, uh, yes. they're, they're going to see. They're going to see a leather jacket with uh, with an emblem on the back of it, and they're going to go. Oh, I better. Yeah, we're going to keep away from this person. Yeah. Yeah, turn but. Around. But, Turn around, face the car at the moment, point at him, and then move. move then your, then know, move on. Finger, yeah. And then move your hand yeah, to yeah. Move, move back. Yeah. But but I would you know if you know if you're doing the same thing if you're bringing your grandkids to school again and somebody gets right behind you like that just try coasting a little bit usually that's enough to kind of wake them up you know that's enough to make them say oh, I better either pull around when I can or back off a little bit but yeah tapping your brake pedal or turning your lights on to make it look like your brakes are on sometimes that all that does is antagonize the person and yeah, well, I, even even coasting doesn't work pulling down to, you know the yeah. The, under well, the speed limit. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I, I was out on the highway in the middle lane, you know, doing the you know speed limit or whatever the flow of traffic was. And there was a guy right on my bumper right behind me. And I'm like, you know, and there was no place for me to go. I didn't want to be in the passing lane. So, and why he didn't pass me, I don't know. And I just, uh, you know, and my windshield was dirty. So it wasn't like I wasn't doing it, you know, to clean the windshield too. Hit the windshield washer button. And of course, the washer fluid squirts up over the roof of the car, hits his windshield. Next thing I know, I see his windshield wipers go on and then he goes around me. Yeah. So again, not in, not necessarily an approved method, but it does seem to work and it doesn't cause any, it doesn't cause a problem like I saw uh, probably a year and a half ago, two women in the high speed lane, probably doing about 85, one's right on the other one's bumper and all of a sudden the one, the uh, lead car just jammed on her brakes at about 80 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not a good thing, but uh, almost serves you right. Uh, yeah, but like you said, that's what causes. Now, all of a sudden, you go from tailgating and you know aggressive driving to real road rage at that point, and you yeah. know there's a bunch of kooks out in the world, so you got to watch out for that. Yeah, but uh, uh, so um, well, I I, I suggest I suggest now just whenever you're in your car, just just uh, wear your jacket and your helmet. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, you have a good day. All right, take care. Bye bye. Over the line, two to Tom. Hey, Tom. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, and yourself? Good, thank you. I got two questions. But before we get into the two questions, you know, I've had people get right on right on the back of your car. Yep. And at this point, rather than playing silly games, I just put my right directionals on, slow down, to the point that I almost come to a stop and let them pass me. Yeah, you know, no, just, the, the best thing you can do when it's a, when it's a really aggressive tailgater yeah. is just find a way to let them go by. Exactly. Yep. I mean, sad to say, one time I just took a right on a side road just to get away because who knows what why that person's so aggravated or in a hurry. Yep. Or... I used to have I used to have a guy that for some reason we must have left about the same time every morning. And this guy used to be behind me every day, and he was right on my bumper the entire way. And it was on Route Two Twenty Eight or something. It was a you know oh. not yeah, and he would be right on my bumper. And one day. I must have left a little late, or he left a little early, and he was in front of me. And I'm like, I wonder where he's going. Dunkin' Donuts. No, <laughs> no wonder he's in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, but he would be behind me, like you would think. You know, if you didn't know better, you would think there was a you know a million dollars waiting for him, and he had to get there in a certain amount of time. But he was just on his way to the Dunkin' Donuts, and it must have been his uh, 
You know, his, his buddies hanging out at the Dunkin' Donuts or something. I don't know. Well, you always think there might be a reason, like, they're in a hurry to get to a hospital. Yeah, that's what, I mean, I mean, you don't want to hope for that, but that's what you kind of hope for, that it's something really critical and important. But this guy would just be, you know, and, and it was, you know, probably three days out of five that he was, that it, somehow he would end up behind me. And I would be like, sheesh, what is it? Where is this guy going that he's so aggressive to get there, but yet he wouldn't pass you. He'd just be, like, right on your bumper and... Then, you know, fun, then when it switched around. The highway. If somebody's on your butt there and you pull over to the middle lane yep. and let them pass you, they're a good scout. Yep. You know, in case of a state trooper. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong. There's, you know, nothing wrong with, you know, somebody, uh, somebody uh, being out in the lead. There's, uh, there's nothing more uncomfortable to me than seeming like I'm the only car on the road. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I know, um, I'll I'll admit this. I was driving to New York one day uh, at three o'clock, three thirty in the morning, something like that, to go to the New York Auto Show. I was in an Audi S seven, a nice high performance car. I was probably doing above the speed limit. Of course, of course. Yep. I was That's again. I felt like I was the only one on the road. I was on Route eighty four in Sturbridge, heading down to. Oh yeah. Yeah, and um, I and I was and I was I was doing. I would say I was. 80 miles an hour-ish sure. around that speed. And all of a sudden I looked way ahead and I saw a trooper parked in a rest area with all his lights off and I thought to myself I wonder how fast you have to go to get him to and all of a sudden I saw his lights come on. There you go. And uh, and as soon as I saw his lights come on I started to pull over. He pulled over behind me and he said do you know, do you know why I stopped you? And I said yeah I was doing 80. And he goes well you didn't lie about it. And I'm like it was you, me, and a truck on the road, you know. And he said, "I said no, I was I was doing eighty, and I said I admit it." And he says, uh, "How's your driving record?" I said, "I think it's good, you know." And he comes back and he goes, "Yeah, I'm going to give you a warning." And he said, "Stay under 80. And, and did you? I did. Good man. I did. Yeah, but I felt like saying, you know, is seventy eight okay? You know, but right. You know, or if I get stopped five miles later, he said, "Well, the guy up there said stay under 80. You know, but I know, yeah. uh, but he, I mean, he was he was pretty reasonable. In fact, it was a. I said to him, here's my license. The registration might be a problem. And he says, why is that? And I said, well, it's not my car. It's a it's a road test car. And he goes, well, I can run the plate anyway. And he came and by the time he came back, I found the registration. And uh, he said, no, the plate came up fine. So uh, he just said, keep it under 80, you know, and, you know, stay safe. And I did. And it was, I mean, we, you know, he was very polite. I was polite. It was all fine. And, um. You know, it, you know, I didn't get in trouble for another year, so the warning officially goes away. Um, a, a, some warnings can't be tracked. The, the state police warnings can, though. So. Oh, interesting. I yeah. know that. Yeah. Now, do you have to take a break at 9? Uh, not necessarily. Okay, so i got a couple questions. Go ahead. First one is, I was talking to a buddy of mine. He has a Honda. Yep. And the Honda had a recall on the airbag. Of course. So they gave him a rental car. Yep. He says, here you go, don't drive your car. Mm-hmm. So now he has a rental car. And then he says his next-door neighbor has a car. And they gave him uh, a rental car also. But the BMW. I said, oh, that's normal for a BMW. They'll give you anything to keep you as a customer. And I checked on my vehicle, which is an 04 Ford Ranger. <laughs> and they, they laughed at you. No, I didn't. No? Uh-huh. I, I said, I got a love letter from Ford Motors. Yep. And it says... You know, dear Tom, there's a recall on your airbag, yep. and it could be dangerous. It could cut your head off. You know, metal could splash <laughs> in your face, and you know. But don't worry. You know, we'll give you a call when we get them. 
Yeah, Honda's, Honda's actually really gone out on a limb, and they're actually working, I think, with Enterprise. And yes, they're they're yeah, and they're saying, hey, look, you know, if you have an issue, we'll, you know, here's how we're going to stand behind it. Um, they're they're about the only one, and BMW again, like you said, BMW has a pretty big loaner fleet. So when people, you know, kind of kind of have a concern about it, um, uh, a coworker of mine had a 2008 Audi um, A4 convertible. He took it out of storage, oh. and he, he realized his car was being recalled. And he uh, he's the vice president of insurance, and he said to me, John, what am I supposed to do? And I said, don't run into anything. And he said, how can you tell an insurance guy that's the answer is don't run into anything? Right. And I said, well, I don't have another answer, you know, other than don't run into anything. Is and, there a way that they can disconnect? Or yeah, the problem disable? is you're you're still much safer with a working airbag than the one that could be bad. So the, there's been there's been a few people that have been killed with the airbags and some people that have been hurt, but you're actually safer with the airbag um, operational because they don't know how many are really bad. They're okay. just going by the ones that have actually deployed. So I just assumed that they were all no good. No, no, because what happens is it's the stuff inside, it's the propellant inside the airbag that starts to leak and it crystallizes the plastic. And, and instead of the plastic being flexible, that's where it shatters. So um, so that's that's why it, you know, that's one of the reasons why it happens. Um, so they, and, you know, the older ones, they're going to do all the older cars first. Okay. So... Um, like I have a co- the southern cars also. Yeah, right? the southern. Yeah, if you live in a hot, humid state, like this next round of recalls are doing, they're doing all like the you know Florida, you know, you know deepest part of Florida first. Okay. But I talked to one guy who winters in Florida and summers on the Cape, and he's like, they're telling me they're not going to be able to get to my car till October. Oh. And he said, I live in two humid places. And I said to him, Yeah, yeah, you know, you might. You know, maybe you can get, you know, something to happen. The guy with the Audi actually traded the car in for a brand new car. And um, instead of taking a hit on what the trade-in value was, apparently the Takata Airbag Company is making the dealer whole on what the car was, you know, the trade-in value. So he actually got a really good deal buying a new car. Oh, but, okay. uh you know, so that you know that was another way that. But I think eventually, I I think eventually Takata's going to go bankrupt. But uh, because they, I mean, there is there is. I heard a number like forty million. Well, yeah, there's think? right, and it's more. They just recalled another forty million. So right now, there is about a third of the cars on the road today have recalled airbags. Amazing. Yeah, so you know they, you know, can you go around? You know, can you go see Junior D'Amato and say, "Hey, disconnect my driver's side airbag." Sure, he can do it. Um, but on the other hand, the chances of you getting into a crash are pretty minimal. The chances of you getting into a crash with a car with a defective airbag is pretty minimal. The chances of you getting into a crash with a car with a defective airbag that actually saves your life is better than the bad things happening so okay yeah yeah i mean at least that's what the lawyers say and that and lawyers for lawyers to say that that's pretty interesting in itself but yeah so the lawyers are saying that and the head of national highway traffic safety says that he says don't disconnect the airbag you know just don't forget about the recall and just try to get it done as soon as you can well you made me feel a little bit better in that area but if you happen to look at the patriot ledger and you say tom from kingston 
was in a car accident. He, he was a nice guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we don't we don't ever want we don't ever want to see we don't want to see your name in the obituaries. No, you know? no, yeah. I know exactly. Now, the second question I have is, got a buddy of mine going down to the Barrett Jackson down in. Yep. I thought it was Foxwoods also, but today mm -hmm. is I guess it's Mohegan. I don't yeah. know the casinos. I've I've been to each one once. And I, I think I spent a dollar in one and eight in the other one. So, yeah, I'm not a gambler, so it doesn't really matter. But were you a winner? Uh, I had a pretty good meal. That's if a that, winner. if that makes me a winner, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Walk away with something. Yeah, exactly. Now, you know, you see them on TV, and you see the, you know, the gas monkey down there auctioning off his cars, and all these different people down there, and you see these wonderful cars. Well, there's been a couple vehicles that I've seen that I really, it's like, wow, if I was there, I would buy that one for $8,000. Yep. You know, they had like a 19, uh, 1970 Chevy C10 pickup truck, blah, blah, blah. Yep. They're all done over nice. It's got the 350 engine. It's got the turbo glide trainee or whatever yep. is in there, yep. you know. It's like, boy, that's pretty nice. I start to take some money out of my retirement and I'd buy something like that. Mm -hmm. In order to, can a normal Joe walk in there and buy a car? Yeah. Yeah, you, you need to register. Okay. And you can actually, and, and in most cases, they have internet bidding, too, so you don't even have, but yeah, you have to register, and there is, you know, there is all kinds of fees, you know, there's there's fees to register, there's fees for tickets, there's fees, you know, everything's got a fee attached to it. Right. Um, and one of the reasons they televise all these auctions is because they found out when the cameras are on, the prices go up, especially on the really high, high-end stuff. So, apparently, if you have Jay Leno money... Um, when the cameras come on, you're showing off your other rich friends. Interesting. Yeah, because I remember years ago, there's another auction company called RM Auctions, and uh, I, I don't remember what either letter stands for, but I had one of the two guys on the program, and I said to him something about televising, and he said, yeah, we're televising more and more because we found out that when the, when the cars are on television and you see the guy up with his badge on walking around looking under the hood and he starts to bid he says he's he's the price of the car goes up so televised auctions do much better it gets you know the the excitement just goes up and people bid more money so um you know the problem is you know cars are worth what they're worth and you know sometimes they they bid high um i was uh emailing back and forth with wayne carini this week from chasing classic cars right and actually i was trying to get some free tickets to go to mohegan and i said hey wayne you know can you you, you know where to get them and he said he said i have all i can do to get in there with three cars and for sale so, uh, but okay. yeah, but a regular person, you can go on, you can go on uh, Barrett Jackson's website and it'll tell you how to buy tickets and how to bid. So, now do they also have the list of what kind of vehicle is going to be there? Um, I don't think I didn't. You know, I didn't notice it, but it, yeah, they have to. There's always there's always a bidder's book. So yeah, because a couple of times I looked online because they said, well, there's one coming up down in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, yep. or something yep. like that, and I say, well, I want to see. I'm going to be in that area anyway. I'm going to be down in Daytona. Yeah, and I said. Let's see what kind of cars they have, and I can never find a list of different vehicles that are going up for auction. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would check that. I'll, I'll check in between one of the breaks and check their website too. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, they 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 normally do. They they used to actually charge for their um, for the auction guide. I don't know if they still do that now. But before, if you wanted the the auction catalog, they would actually charge you for it. But there's a charge for there's a charge to sell a car. There's a charge to buy a car, and there's a charge to get in. So the normal car, to, well, if a car goes for like a hundred thousand, the person that's selling it is the percentage of that, I would assume. 
so there's a yeah. So there's a a hundred thousand dollar car. They might pay a they might pay a fifteen percent seller's fee, and you might pay a ten percent buyer's fee. Oh. So when you buy a hundred thousand dollar car, that car suddenly costs one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So so you have to take more money out of your retirement. Right. But it'd be interesting to see because there was, there's been a few cars that I've seen. It's like, hey, I'd like yeah. to have that. No, there was there was a there was a high end auction a bunch of years ago at the Lars Anderson Museum, and there was a lot of steam cars being sold. But there was actually a car that was, uh, I don't you know I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a pretty regular car. It might have been a you know it might have been a you know sixty eight you know Plymouth something or other and it went for a couple thousand dollars and it had real low miles on it and it was really clean and for somebody who just wanted kind of an older car in good shape for short money you could you could have gone in there and bid on it and walked away you know with a pretty good little car where everybody else was there looking for a you know steam fire truck sure, or something sure. yeah 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 that's good yeah i'd appreciate that okay because like i said a buddy of mine like it's going down there but it'd be nice to see if there's a list yeah, we'll take, we'll, we'll take a look. We'll take Yeah, yeah, we'll take a look. All right, listen, all right. Have a great week. You too, Tom. Bye bye. Bye bye. Let's go to a very patient Mike. Mike, still hey, there? How you doing? Good. How are you? Can you hear me? All right. I can. Thanks. Just, hey, I need you to put on your detective uh, uh, goggles here on this one. All right. So for, for one reason or another, I went out looking for a uh, high-end Equus, the uh, Kia Equus. Okay. I mean the Hyundai Equus. Hyundai, uh, Hyundai Equus. Yep. So I talked to five different dealers, and I found a couple of things out. First of all, they're very heavily discounted. I mean to the tune of $15,000 off of the, the manufacturer's suggested retail price. Mm -hmm. I finally talked to a nice lady down in Attleboro at a, at a Hyundai dealership. She said, oh, she said, we've taken those off the market. We're returning all equities back to the factory. They're discontinuing the model. We've got them in a bonded warehouse, and they're going back. And my question to you is, what's going on? Uh, are sleazy Hyundai dealers trying to just dump necklaces on people like me for the last couple of weeks they're available? Are these cars really going back? Is Hyundai really making a recall? Getting out of the business, going into this new T90, you know, they're going to do an upscale product like the Lexus and like the Infiniti. What's going on? Somebody's yeah. pulling the wool over somebody's eyes here. Yeah, you know, the Equus is a car that when they first came out with the Equus and even the Genesis, they were thinking of going to an upscale where they were going to flip the name from Hyundai to, you know, like Lexus did with what Toyota did with Lexus and, and Honda did with Acura and Nissan did with Infiniti. They didn't have, but they didn't have the cars to be able to do it. And the, the Equus is, the Equus is a beautiful car. It's a, it's a, it's, I mean, they did, you know, and to know their cars being discounted that amount of money, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, something going on with it. But yeah, I'm going to, I'll do a little bit of detective work and find out what the deal is because certainly Hyundai's not, you know, Hyundai's not going anywhere. Um, no. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Not yeah. Anybody, I think you got some dealerships here that are trying to unload these cars before this recall happens. Well, they buy these back, or somebody doesn't know what they're doing, but there's something going on with Hyundai, and they're yeah. not being straight. Yeah. yeah, the other thing is, to sell an Equus, not every Hyundai dealer can sell an Equus. 
Right. Like right. there's there's a little Hyundai dealer down near where I work that I brought my car in for service, and it's a nice little dealership. I think three or four mechanics work in the shop. Um, I said something to him about, oh, did, you know, have you 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 getting an Equus? And he said, oh, we can't. We don't do the volume. We don't have the. There's a certain level of extra training that takes place. And when you bought the when you and I don't know if it's still the case, but when you first bought the Equus, the uh, owner's manual came on an iPad. Right. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you looking into this. I will. We'll take so, a look, take a look and find on. out. Something sneaky is going on. Talk all right. Uh, all right. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs> Why don't we take a break and pay some bills when we come back? We're going to do a little trivia. We're going to do a little car review, and I'm going to do a little bit of uh, detective work. We'll be right back. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. If you would like to join us, six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. We'll be right back. WROL Boston. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-273-0135. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-273-0135 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-273-0135 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-273-0135. Sullivan Tire is proud to be New England's Michelin Tire Headquarters. Michelin Tires are known for their great tread design, durability, and handling. Stop in to your local Sullivan Tire and Auto Service today and check out our new lower pricing on such tires as the Michelin Premier AS, the Michelin Premier LTX, and so much more. Remember, we'll keep your car running right all season long. Stop in for our thorough factory-scheduled maintenance check. Our ASC certified technicians will check out your battery and charging system, radiator and antifreeze, inspect your tires and air pressure, brakes, all system fluids, steering and suspension, belts, hoses, the exhaust system, exterior lights, wiper blades, and more. Head to any of our 68 locations to save big on a great selection of Michelin tires and check out the best auto maintenance in the industry. Call 877-592-TIRE or visit SullivanTire.com. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Don't you just hate the hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal Opportunity Lender. 
Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. WROL Boston. to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or AM 1260 WBIX, the Business Buzz. Well, I was on Barrett Jackson's website, and I was looking at, uh, uh, it is, um, I guess you have to know auction terminology, because it's referred to as the dockets. So if you want to know the dockets, that's the cars that are for sale. And they're not all cars. There's actually memorabilia. But the very first vehicle that comes up for auction is actually a 2012 Easy Go custom golf cart. Uh, with It's been upgraded stereo system, custom lift, and custom wheels. Uh, sold on bill of sale only, so you can't register it. Uh, there's a 87 Corvette convertible, or T-top convertible. Uh, it is... Uh, says, babied and garaged every winter. This is actually kind of interesting. A Volkswagen Corrado, which was a high-performance version of uh, the 1990 uh, five-speed uh, five-speed manual transmission car. And it says this car was in a collection of one of the largest private collectors on the East Coast. A Monte Carlo Pace car, a 64 Buick Skylark, four-door sedan. No picture with that one. Jaguar XJS. One of the prettiest Jaguars, although it's starting to show its age a little bit. 85 Pontiac Grand Prix, so a lot of regular cars. Uh, 66 Cadillac Sedan DeVille, if you always wanted a big old Cadillac. A 2011 custom-built motorcycle. It's a Harley-style motorcycle, but it has a 100 cubic inch RevTech engine, and it only has 589 miles on it. So in other words, it must be a miserable thing to ride. It just must be uncomfortable. An 88 Cadillac DeVille. Jaguar XK8 convertible. That's a nice car. Um, another another Jaguar. BMW 633 CSI. Those are kind of collector cars. People love those. Uh, 74 Monte Carlo. Mm, not my favorite car. Uh, another BMW. A DeSoto. A 49 DeSoto. A 2005 Chrysler Crossfire limited convertible. That was a car that was actually made by Mercedes. Um, it was an SLK that Chrysler rebodied, but it's a Mercedes engine and drivetrain. This one, it says, Crossfire Limited Convertible is fully loaded with less than 59,000 miles. Comes with a clean Carfax, includes 
power everything, cruise control, keyless entry, power mirrors, air conditioning, heated seats, and automatic transmission. Uh, 79 Mercedes 450SL convertible, nice car. Uh, BMW Z3 Roadster. A 68 Ford Ranchero pickup with a newer engine in it. Um, they just never, they never clicked like El Camino's did. They're quite collectible, but... Uh, 1970 Volkswagen Beetle convertible, completely restored with some custom features. Every inch of this vehicle is brand new from the floor pans up, completely rebuilt 1600cc four-cylinder engine with a four-speed manual transmission. That's a nice car, and that's a car that's sort of interesting. It could go anywhere from $8,000 to $20,000. Uh, 82 Datsun 280ZX. So there's a lot of stuff here to sell. Another motorcycle, a 2005 custom soft-tail chopper. This one has a replacement engine in it, uh, 113 cubic inch SNS engine. Something, this, this, well, the only thing wrong with this car is it's too nice. A 61 Ford F100 4x4 pickup, it's unrestored 25,000 miles. So, what do you do with it? You know, that'd be a nice car to, that'd be a nice truck to own to actually use once in a while to do errands with. But at 25,000 miles, you hate to put miles on it. But there's a whole bunch of stuff. But it's in the, it's under BarrettJackson.com. Go to Northeast section and then look under Dockets, and you'll see what's you'll see it all there. Uh, let's talk to Richie on line one. Richie, uh, good morning, John. Uh, talking about a 2010 Hyundai. Okay. Two liter engine. Yeah. Uh, dealer says that it's uh, over due for a timing belt. True or false? What model Hyundai is it? Uh, Elantra. Elantra? It probably is. Um, 2010, let's take a look and see what kind of time and belt, if it's a time and belt or a time and chain, because they keep going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, you know, where they used to be, where they used to be um, just a, uh, uh, you know, everything had a time and chain, then all of a sudden things didn't have time and chains, they had time and belts, and then all of a sudden they had time and chains again so uh on this one let's on this one it actually has both it appears but let's see what let's see if it says you should do it at sixty let let's see what it says and that's where most of them are most of them say you should do it you should do it at about 60 and it says here that uh let's see um yeah, it has it has a it has a time and belt without without question. And when do you replace it? It's probably it's probably sixty thousand. And that's the two liter engine. Yeah, the two liter engine and at time and belt and uh, time and belt inspect time and belt tensure. I don't replace. Actually, it's just inspect at that point. Let's see how many miles do you have on it. Oh, that's what I was going to give you some more information. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I bought it used, 2012. It had a little less than 20,000 miles on it. Now it has 41,000 now. Oh, okay. Uh, we were in for an oil change, uh, which we do twice a year because we don't do a lot of mileage. Yep. And uh, I come back with a recommendation, uh, replace uh, timing belt, overdue. And uh, transmission should be... Uh, uh, service. Yep. Uh, going on the transmission now, 
uh, remembering what you were saying about the old transmission. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's uh, the fluid is burnt, change it. If not, uh, don't bother with it. This is a transactional. It's the same theory with that. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would, I would stay. I would stay right there. And the timing belt on that car actually. Let's see. On the normal maintenance table says 90,000 miles. So I think, you know, even it, you said it's a 2010? Yeah, 2010. 2010. So if you drove, we'll use 15,000 miles a year because the math's easier for me to do. If you drove 15,000 miles a year, it would take six Six years. years. So you're probably, I don't know that you're overdue, but you're probably getting close to being due to get that to get that done on that. All right. Is it, uh, I will take it in and have the uh, timing belt replaced. Yeah, and it should be, it's about a three liter, it's about a three hour job to replace it. Did they give you a price? Yeah, about $500. Yeah, that's a, I, that, they're probably adding a, few, a little extra in there because it's about three hours and it's a, and the, the timing belt's about $72. Uh, anything else should be replaced for, uh, while they uh, have it all done, they 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 might say to put a timing belt tensioner in it at the same time, but that's that would be about it. Okay, it's, uh, like the old days, it has nothing to do with water pump. Or no, no, like you know every you know when the timing belt uses the water pump as a tensioner, it's a good idea to look at it. But your your car is fairly you know fairly young and miles wise. Unless it showed any hint of a leak, I would leave it alone. Okay. Okay? That's that's good enough. All right. Uh, All right. Take care, Richie. Thank you very much, Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. So, trivia today is in one way or another brought to you by Craig Fitzgerald and Best Ride. Okay. Because he wrote a really long story. And I haven't contributed to Best Ride for a while. And and it's only because I can't seem to get a link to get on the website very well. But anyway... 30 years ago, today, there was a very popular movie that has turned somewhat cultish that featured a Ferrari in one of the scenes. What was the name of that movie? So 30 years ago today, there was a, there was a movie that came out. And most people that I've told, asked this question of have said to me, that was 30 years ago? But yes, it was 30 years ago. If you know the answer to that, give us a call at 617-770-3030. The vehicle that got me here today, I said, was a luxury minivan. Well, sort of. It's a luxury minivan by Kia. It's the Kia Sedona. It is powered by a 3.3 liter double overhead cam gas direct injection engine. It it uses a six-speed automatic transmission. It has uh, big chrome wheels on it. It has safety features everywhere. Lots of airbags, uh, smart cruise control, so you can set the cruise control and it'll only go as fast as the car in front of you. Lane departure warning, blind spot warning, all those kind of things. It has tri-zone climate control, so driver, passenger, and back seat. It has seating for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people. The second row seats are actually reclining. So it's not that the backs just recline. They have little footrests that lift up. 
So you can sit back there with your feet up a little bit. You can only go back so far, but but it has reclining seats. Uh, and it also, and they run on a track, so they can have a ridiculous amount of leg room. And then the third row seats actually fold flat and fit into the uh, storage area. So it has, it has that going for it. It has a um, pretty quiet ride. The, um, like all minivans should, it, it does have a rear seat entertainment system and cordless headphones so you can watch a video or whatever you want to do. It also ties into the UVU system, and I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, UVO. And that way you can sync up your phone and all your favorite apps can connect to it at the same time. So you have all those things going for you. Uh, and all the and again all the luxury features auto dimming mirrors uh, it's just it's it really feels like a luxury car it has uh, fog lights LED positioning lights um, dual sunroofs and both sunroofs actually one sunroof tilts both sunroofs slide so it's uh, pretty nice that way it comes with, of course with the ten year hundred thousand mile powertrain warranty five year sixty thousand mile basic service warranty. Uh, ours had the upgraded uh, SLX technology package, which adds uh, xenon headlights with high beam assist, lane departure warning, forward collision warning, surround view monitor, so easy to park, smart cruise control, uh, chrome side sill plates, luggage zone. I don't even know what that is. But it has a 115 power volt power inverter, so you can actually plug in your uh, Xbox console and you can so you can have all that hooked up at the same time but it is it's you know taking the taking it down the road uh, it drives it's a big minivan first off it's it's a big vehicle for a minivan but it drives much smaller when you're driving it from the driver's seat it actually feels rather compact to drive until you look back behind it and you realize it's a big vehicle uh power slider doors power rear door so easy enough to get in and out of uh the uh, the seats, like I said, power power seats, but the rear seats are unique. Uh, the third row seat I like a lot, where they flip and fold, so you have a relatively flat floor. Should you should you need to carry anything with it, so it's if you're looking for if you're looking for a minivan and you're looking for a luxurious minivan, and we always think about minivans as Chrysler Town and Country, Toyota Sienna, Honda Odyssey. Those are sort of the minivans that people think of. Nissan has one, and everybody goes, oh, I forgot about that. Um, and then someday Ford's going to come out with the Transit Connect. And Transit, their work vans are going to come out as kind of a passenger vehicle, sort of that way now, but they're pretty bare inside. Um, this is really a good alternative to maybe a Honda Odyssey. Sienna is a little bit of a outlier because it can be, you can get it with all-wheel drive which somebody came to me the other day and said, Honda Odyssey, Toyota Sienna, which should I buy? And I said, who's going to drive it? And he said, my wife. And I said, does she need to go out in bad weather? And he said, yeah. So I said, the all-wheel drive Sienna is where the winner is. That, you know, even as good as the Honda Odyssey is, and the Honda Odyssey has one thing going for it that the Sienna doesn't, the built-in shop vac. So if you have kids and you want to vacuum up those Oreos and, and Cheerios and anything else that ends with an O. Uh, yeah, it's, it's having that built-in vacuum, vacuum cleaner is pretty good. Uh, Chrysler has just come out with the Chrysler Pacifica minivan sort of taking the place of the town and country. I'm going to go see that this Tuesday night 
Uh, they're doing a uh, press preview at the headquarters of Automotion. And that one's a little bit unique because it's also going to be available in a hybrid version. So it's the first minivan with the hybrid version. So we're starting to see a little bit more minivans coming and going with better features in them. But this, uh, if you're looking for a luxury minivan, and this one is really well done up. And it with the V6 engine, there's plenty of power. I was getting about 23 miles per gallon. I was exceeding the highway mileage. 17 city, 22 highway, uh, 15 miles, uh, 19 miles per gallon overall. I was doing better than that according to the display. Uh, and that included driving back and forth to Worcester one day and stop and go traffic. So doing pretty well all the way around. Um, five-star overall crash rating score, which is good. Side crash rating the same. So a good, safe vehicle, but also expensive. $44,000. So uh, $44,000 vehicle with all the options. And again, this one couldn't, I don't think they could put one more option in this. I can't imagine what would be in this that it doesn't have now. Uh, so it's a well-optioned, well-equipped vehicle. So certainly something to look at. So it's a vehicle that could be, uh, you know, if you're looking for a, almost a luxury car, you need to carry seven uh, periodically. You need to be able to carry, have more storage with it. A lot, of, a lot of good things for it. And if you're just carrying four people in it and you want those backseat passengers to be comfortable, pretty comfortable place. Okay. Trivia. Maybe it was too easy. Should we have everybody a winner? Or the first three people? Should we do that? Do we have t-shirts to give away too? All right. So, Will, you have a big supply? <laughs> All right. Let's start with uh, Paul and Braintree. Paul? Hi. Bueller, Bueller. It's hard to believe it was first Bueller's Day off, and it's 30, 30 years ago. 30 years ago. You're absolutely right. Stay right there for a second. You let's know, sure. Let's stay. Let's let's go over to line two real quick. Let's put Paul on hold. Deborah. Hi. Hi. What do you think it is? First Bueller's Day off. You are absolutely right. Stay right there. Okay. <laughs> and let's check and see if Karen's honest and see if she knows the answer. Karen. Yes, um, I knew it was Ferris Bueller's day off. All right, stay right there, okay? Yeah. Don't go away. All right. All right. Now let's go back to Paul. Very behind the story of the uh, Ferrari. Yeah. That, uh, actually, it was a fiberglass body they designed, and they put it over, I think, a Honda or something that went out the window. Let's see. Here's here's what it says. That there, and this is what Craig Fitzgerald writes. There's a million stories about this kind of replica, and about 99 percent of those stories are wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, the Internet Movie Database suggests it's a replica based on an MG, but that's false. No. When Mika Auction sold one of the replicas in 2013, they called it a Modena Spider California five-speed. It listed on the auction uh, webpage. That's not accurate either. All three cars were actually built by a guy, Mark Goyette, who now operates uh, Pebble Beach Concours winning restoration shop in Bennington, Vermont. And that must be how Craig knew him because Craig worked up in Bennington. Um, David Traver Adolphus got the whole story about how the three cars in an interview he did. The confusion stems from the fact that Goyette called his cars Modena Spiders. The cars were obviously constructed prior to the film's... Uh, can you imagine? June 11th, 1986 is when this movie came out. No. He, he, he restored a few. One of the, um, the so-called Ferraris has uh, actually disappeared. 
Uh, they found two. They haven't found the third one. Uh, but there's also, and it's almost worth watching because every one of the cars in the movie has a license plate that reflects something about the movie, apparently. And uh, some of them are, uh, came from other things, but apparently uh, Ferris, Ferris's mom, Katie Bueller, um, her license plate on her car is... Uh, M. Mom, which came from uh, Mr. Mom, that movie. Oh. Uh, Ferris Bueller's dad, apparently, uh, the license plate on his car was VCTN, so National Lampoon's National uh, National Vacation. Hmm. Ferris's sister drove a Fiero, and the license plate on that is TBC from The Breakfast Club. So, um, But every one of these, uh, and even the, uh, um, the Plymouth Valiant, has uh, the license plate on that is 4FBDO, which is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And then uh, it says the only visible vanity plate that doesn't have a John Hughes movie connection is the Ferrari with the with the license plate that was nervous. So every one of them. So it's almost worth now trying to watch it and look oh, at the license yeah. plates to see what they are. But uh, I guess the one way, one of the ways you know it wasn't a real Ferrari, the gauges were not. Were not Ferrari gauges. They were they were from something else. So. I didn't know. I yeah. remember the um, Ferris's mother had a. I think it was a Chrysler Baron convertible. The small. It was basically on the K car frame. Yeah, and yeah, it, it, yeah. There was a lot. There was a lot of weird. There was a lot of weird stuff in the movie, and there were some things that uh, that never actually made it. Apparently, she was supposed to be a real estate agent, yeah, and there was a lot. There was a lot of parts of that that never had it, and then. Uh, that estate where the where the Ferrari came crashing out of, uh, that estate has been in a bunch of movies too, and I guess it was for sale. Yeah, yeah, for a couple million dollars, not it's, that long ago. The, the so. movie had to have been written by a teacher, uh, <laughs> because I mean, it just uh, the scene where um, uh, Ben Stein is teaching history, yep. and he keeps repeating the question, and then finally answering his own <laughs> question. If you've taught it all, you know that's, <laughs> that's what, out of frustration, you answer your own question. But mm. you know, life is life is fast, you got to stop and smell the roses. I think there is many quotes from that movie yeah, no. as Casablanca. Yeah, no, and it's, yeah, it said here, the house, um, Chicago Magazine did a profile on the house in 2013 when it kind of sat on the real estate market. It says the house is located in Highland Park suburb of Chicago that has, I guess, some of the... Um, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright designed houses there, and uh, I guess it sold for two point three million, something like that. Um, the pavilion, the structure from the film in which the Ferrari is stored, was originally built as a garage, and now uh, to show off the collection, it says the uh, the guy was actually a textile designer. So, for people that want to see more about this, go to. Uh, uh, bestride.com and then you can find uh, Craig Fitzgerald's whole story which is pages. I don't know. I think I printed 16 pages about this but again kind of interesting that the whole thing yeah. the whole John Hughes always had uh, interesting beautiful homes in his movie uh, mm. he did Home Alone and the beautiful estate and that yeah. so he's kind of and I think he even did the art I don't know if he did ordinary no that was somebody else um, but um, you just always beautiful homes in, in his movies unfortunately he passed away too young yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was sort of. It, it, they it, they said here's you know ten things you probably didn't know, and it said even the uh, 
the wrecker that picks up one of the cars in the movies and said, if you look closely at the wrecker that hauls uh, Ed Rooney's 1985 Plymouth Reliant away, there's a sign on the record that says Volbeck's Wrecker Service. There's an entire backstory that never made it to the film where Ferrari's, uh, where Ferris's mom, a real estate agent, was showing houses to the Volbeck family. And uh, Yeah, and then it says the kicker, Charlie Sheen's character name, never discussed in the movie, was Karth Volbeck. Uh, in a deleted part of the original script, Ferris talks about hanging out with him as a kid and uh, he's lost. It's uh, over for him. He's 18, gone from school, gone from life. His legacy is a gas station. So well, it was pretty true to life as it turned out to be Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Hello, yeah. You know, what about the trick of cab that they get in um, when when they go to the restaurant? Oh, when he's the sausage king. Yeah, sausage yeah. King I don't, I don't know if that. I think Ain't that's mentioned Perman. here somewhere, but yeah. No, ex- exactly, exactly. Who, who would have thought? Hey, stay right there, Thank and you uh, very much. and we'll get your address right. down, and we'll That's we'll send you out a nice T-shirt. Oh, well, all thank right, you. all right. Take care. Sure, thanks very much. Okay, Marita will take care of that, and I'll take care of this. So, um, in the days of uh, are the days of gas and diesel vehicles numbered? Well, they are in Norway. According to several reports, politicians have agreed to bring sales of such cars and trucks to a screeching halt in the next nine years. Uh, to Americans and many others, the thought of uh, such a ban might seem absurdly impossible. Norway's different. Electric vehicles already account for 24% of the vehicles on the road in Norway. So one out of four cars you see on the road in Norway are electric? That's pretty amazing. Um, uh, it says, as greater number of EVs roll into showrooms, the market share is increasing exponentially, and uh, we mean that literally. Electric car sales have doubled for the past several years. Granted, it didn't happen overnight. The Norwegian government has been working towards such goals for some time, replacing munip- municipal vehicles, mass transit, and taxis with emission-free alternatives, offering attractive incentives to consumers interested in electric cars. Uh, details of gas and diesel ban haven't been made public, but one of Norway's major political parties says that nothing has been officially signed yet, but even the proposal goes undergoes some tweaks in such a timeline, such a ban seems likely in most observers' eyes. So it's uh, entirely possible. What's ironic, of course, is Norway remains one of the world's largest producers of petroleum. I never knew that. Uh, ranking 14 in terms of daily output. In other words, even as the ban rolls out, as scheduled, Norway will continue to generate as much of its income by feeding gasoline to oil and oil to other companies. That said, unlike the U.S. and other countries which derive much of its electricity from coal, natural gas, and other fossil fuels, Norway relies almost entirely on renewable resources. In fact, over 99% of its electricity comes from hydropower. As far as zero emissions vehicles are concerned, Norway may just be the tip of the rapidly melting iceberg. The Netherlands hopes to halt gas and diesel car sales by 2025. That makes uh, two, one more as the maximum goes, and it's a trend. So we'll have to see. So Norway may be the beginning, the Netherlands may be second, and who knows where they're going to go from there. Why don't we take another break? My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. If you would like to join us and talk about your car... Maybe your first car, maybe your last car, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Car questions, car problems. Give us a call at 617-770-3030. We'll be right back.
Don't you just hate the hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal opportunity lender. Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. You've been listening to him for over 10 years now. Hi, this is John Paul, the Car Doctor. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to a special Car Doctor program. He's brought on many guests. With us on the phone is Wayne Carini. Wayne Carini is the host of Chasing Classic Cars on the Velocity Channel. That was uh, Eddie Wood of Wood Brothers Racing. They're running the the number 21 team. That's the uh, number 21 car. I have with us as a guest, Ezra Dyer. Back on the phone is Lauren Fix, the car coach. Good morning, Lauren, and welcome back to Boston. 8.30 in the morning, I bet you got a shop forecast. But with us on the phone is Herb Chambers. He's taken hundreds of calls. If you would like to join us, 617-770-3030. Let's go over to line one. Good morning, you're on the Car Doctor Program. We have the Rick Question of the Week presented by Executive Producer. And given countless amounts of advice. I like to use the gasoline stabilizer that's actually made for marine use. One in five cars on the road have a dirty air filter. One in five cars on the road have a fan belt issue. You know, obviously your clutch went bad while it was under warranty. You just weren't driving the car because it was winter time. All while keeping it real. Yeah, you know, some of those designs might have been not that well thought out. And of course, if you see... And the amber color fluid could be gas, so run. That's bad. That's, That's bad. Nice. Yeah, yeah. you shouldn't get an inspection sticker that way because fumes and stuff can come up. And- <laughs> John Paul is the car doctor. I don't know. It's just it's just fascinating to me. Marita, have you ever been called my sidekick? We're so professional here today. <laughs> Let's take a call. Thank you for your listenership the last 10 years. Here's to 10 years more. Well, thank you very much. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program with trivia and all kinds of fun stuff. Make sure you wear your seatbelt. Drive safely. Don't text when you drive. And be good to your car. Bye-bye. John, this is Pat Ryan. I just want to congratulate you on 10 solid years of broadcasting with us here at Salem Radio Boston. You are a true pro who has added great content to our airwaves. Thank you again, John. You truly are the one and only Car Doctor. Now, let's get back to the Car Doctor.
Welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Well, I've been trying to look up the uh, the whole Peabody Car Show thing, and um, I don't. It's very confusing because nothing seems up to date. There is one, and uh, but there there doesn't seem to be any. The Salem News has. Um, has stories about last week, last year. So maybe there's one tomorrow in, in Peabody. Maybe if you actually know. Uh, it appears to run from 9 to 3 in downtown Peabody. It's in one, in one article it says, and I'm trying to find the third annual, because the second annual apparently was postponed because of rain. So it's getting, it's getting confusing. So I don't want to confuse anybody any longer. Uh, again, we're going to try uh, next week to speak with someone from Barrett-Jackson about the whole auction thing, which actually starts, I believe, this Wednesday and Thursday and runs through the weekend. So that should be that should be pretty interesting. We were talking about how electric cars are going to be, uh, you know, the, the norm in Norway. Well, Paris Classics become weekend drivers only. It says starting next month, it'll be illegal to drive through the streets of Paris on weekdays in any car built before 1997. That rules out a lot of people. It says a legislative move on the part of the city uh, to improve air quality. Uh, fine, but that's part of the fun of going on to the City of Lights, isn't it? Is what it says here. Spotting all those running museum pieces in classic Citroens and uh, dos chevaux, two CVs. Uh, the Renault uh, 4S motoring up and down the streets, uh, old Peugeots. But apparently they're going to pass some legislation that says uh, on the weekend, the only cars that can be in the city are those newer than 1997. Hmm. Odd. And uh, Jeep piles on the milestones with record sales. Uh, Jeeps are doing really well. The love of uh, big round numbers at Jeep and the love of climbing over them. The industry's hottest brand top 90,000 in sales in May. The first time in its 75-year history that the volume for a single month had been reached at that level. Uh, it's just nine months after the brand topped 80,000 units for the first time last August and a couple of years since it reached the 70,000 plateau in a month. So a lot of people are buying Jeeps, and the thing about Jeeps is they're, they're holding their value ridiculously well. Used Jeeps are, every time I see one up for sale and I look at it, I say, that thing's like 15 years old and it's going for crazy money, and they're not in great shape. So if you were thinking about buying the new Tesla Model X, and you like the idea you could charge it up for free at the Tesla superstations? Well, according to CEO Elon Musk, he says there's no such thing as a free supercharger. Uh, the Tesla uh, likely will ask owners of the upcoming Model 3 sedan to pay for use of the company's network of charging stations. The superchargers are free to owners of the current models, but Musk said last week free supercharging fundamentally has a cost. The obvious thing to do is decouple that from the cost of the Model 3. So it will be very cheap and far cheaper than gasoline to drive long distance with the Model 3, but it will not be free, long distance for life, unless you purchase that package. Musk says, uh, he did not say what the package will cost consumers. Bloomberg reported Tesla supercharger stations typically located at malls on highways. 
between major cities aimed to ease range anxiety. Uh, even coast-to-coast driving in Tesla's all-electric cars. Use any of the 632 superchargers in the world, and it's free to customers of the Model S and the Model X. Our friend Carol from Lynn has the answer to the Peabody Car Show. Carol? Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, um, I've got the Salem News right here. I cut the article out. Okay, good. And it says on Sunday for the third year in a row, Peabody's Main Street will fill up with hundreds of classic and antique cars from the square up to Washington Street. Does it say what time? Yes, it says Peabody Main Street will host this antique car and craft show from 11 to 3. 11 to 3. Okay, yes, so... On Sunday. So people can do things, go to church, and then go to the car show and hang out at the car show and then maybe even, uh, you know, see what's, see what's for sale, maybe have a little lunch. Sounds, yeah. like, a, sounds like a good time. I'm planning on going. I'm going to bring my bicycle in because it gets crowded. The last yeah. Time I yeah, I that's... The, yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these shows do. In fact, um, is it Father's Day this weekend? No. No, that's next weekend? Yeah. Next, week, next weekend, which is usually the Hyannis Father's Day car show, and the problem with that one is it gets so crowded. You need to bring a bicycle. It's it's hard to find a place to park. So um, so that and that's another one that's always a good show. So it's nicer doing this one, like you said, bring your bike. So um, you know maybe you could maybe you could enter your Leaf and you could you know you could win a category of electric cars. Yeah, yeah, I've been happy with the Leaf. It's been running good and. Uh and we really like it. It's very roomy and easy to park. It's, it's good for crowded uh, streets where yep. you need, need to get in. Yeah, and um, how's how's the recharging going? Fine, fine. We got the we got two rechargers. You know, the regular slow charge, yep. and then we've got the medium charge, which just like a. Um, uh, Dryer, you know, closed yep. dryer outlet. Yeah. So you had that put in at your house, the 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 higher performance charger. Yeah, it was put in. But it was there for the dryer. Oh, okay. Extended it to the outside. Of oh, the there house. you go. Yeah. And yeah. what do you think it costs you to charge it up? You know, I haven't even noticed the difference on the on your electric bill. bill? Yeah. yeah. So I, I really don't know how to figure that. But do I have time for a quick question? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, cleaning engine. Yep. Do you recommend clean, steam cleaning engines, doing it yourself, uh, having someone do it? What's your recommendation? Um, I would do it myself, but I wouldn't do it. With, I wouldn't go to the car wash and do it with a pressure washer, only because I would go buy a can of. Um, there, I think STP makes it, and some others. It's a it's a foamy engine cleaner. It's basically just concentrated degreaser and soap. And I yeah. would just hose, but and I would just hose everything off with a with a garden hose, so you're not spraying, you know, two thousand pounds of pressure onto things, and yeah. just try to hose off as much as you can. Uh, it's I've seen too many people, especially car washes, they flip open the hood, they take the pressure washer at the car wash, spray everything, and then the engine doesn't run afterwards. <laughs> so you, yeah, so yeah, yeah, so you don't want to you you don't want to spray water. You want to stay away from anything that looks like a big electrical connection. So yeah, fuse exactly. boxes, the alternator. But if you just want to get the dust and dirt off of it, that foamy engine cleaner that breaks it all down, and um, you know you're still you, you're still probably not the nicest thing on the environment because you still are washing that oily mix into the ground somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's uh, that's great advice. I uh, thank you very All much. All right. I'll be at the car show. All right. Take care. Let us know. All okay. Right, take bye. care. Bye bye.
And they're sitting quietly over in the corner. It's not the corner. You keep saying that. No, no, it's the corner. corner of the studio. It could be an angle. I mean, it could be. Desk is an angle. It could be. Well, I, who, nobody, I, nobody puts Sully in the corner. I, I well, I, who am I to argue with the guy who has the College of William and Mary <laughs> hat on? <laughs> exactly. We, we, uh, we, we, me, the specifically, royal, we. me specifically hired the former president of the College of William and Mary as the president of AAA. Uh huh. Is he the man that drives the Tesla that you always talk no, about? No, no, no. This is actually the national president. Okay. Uh, years ago. And there's a new guy now, and there was a new guy. This was two or three presidents ago. How'd he you was, know it was the College of William and Mary? It doesn't say that. It's just W and M. Well, you're see, pretty, you're yeah, an erudite yeah, man yourself. Yeah, I, see, aren't I you? am. That's, yeah, you sure that's are. true, yeah. And, uh, but we hired, we, they, we, I hired this guy, mm-hmm. and as the national AAA president, and it didn't go well at all no, because well. he came in and he first yeah. off he wanted to know where his limo was. Mm-hmm. Where was it? <laughs> uh, he, didn't, he didn't have one. Uh, then he wanted to know. Then he brought his own private chef. Mm-hmm. Of course. And then the, and he had his own little private dining room. Uh, the new guy's not like the the current president right now is not like that at all. The, uh, can I, this, can uh, I go back about thirty seconds in the conversation? Sure. How did you get to hire the I, president I, of the I, company? I, I did not. Okay. I, was, I was only kidding. There you go. They, they That's the royal. Yeah, yeah. They, they, the they real didn't, royal. They didn't ask my input on this. They because, did not. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But but uh, apparently they said he was a a nice enough guy. But he had his whole. You know, he he came to AAA with the idea of I want this, 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 and this. And by then he had already. You know, he was already the current president. But again, he uh, he didn't he didn't last very long. And then he, he had a, a leadership paradigm, didn't he? He did. He yes, he him. did. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he 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 left shortly after, and then uh, and then they hired somebody for that was there for a bunch of years. Uh, and then after him, they uh, they hired the, the latest guy, uh, Marshall Doney, who was like the number two guy. So he was all he was all filled in. He, mm-hmm. he knew what he knew the right yeah. thing to do. And as far as I know, he does not have a limo. No, no. See, yeah, you don't get what you want sometimes. It's a song. You, isn't you it? take what you get, and you don't get upset. That's what you tell the. That's what girls. you tell the kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I've, I've heard. I've heard other teachers say that. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's in the manual. Is it? Is it in the teacher manual? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. You, I wonder if my wife says that to the kids that. Uh, she babysits for us. She anyway, might, she might now. So, what do you got going on for the Irish Parade today? I mean, after last week, the big Irish festival that was that yeah, and it was yeah, I got to interview um, Dick Flavin last week. Really? Yeah. What's and he, he was a very nice man. What's he doing these days? He well, he does a couple things. He writes a yeah, lot. Yeah. He writes poetry, and um, he is the daytime public address announcer at Fenway Park. Really? I he didn't doesn't know do that. night games. Yeah. He just does the day games. Huh. Yep. That was, that so, was pretty neat. When you hear now batting for the Red yeah. Sox. That's him, huh? Yeah. Wow. During the day. Wow. Not at night. I wonder what happens for a game that starts in the day and goes into the night. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. As soon as it, I should have asked him. Yeah. As soon as it becomes dusk, the I, voice changes. I yeah. have to go. I have Bye. to go. Yeah. Uh, coming up next <laughs> we is have to go to. someone else. <laughs> yeah. Batting, pinch hitting from me, it will be. Yeah. 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 I wonder why. Um, hmm. But he was a very, well, he's been, you know, he's yeah. a legend around yeah. these parts and was, uh, you know, it's one of the ones I start to shake when I say, what am I going to ask him? Yeah. I hope I don't look uh, like yeah. a jerk. Because I can do that sometimes. I couldn't, can't believe that. Yeah. Ever. Sometimes. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Hey, you hear the piano player? I can now. I have can? bones on and they work. Yeah, and they work. Yeah. Well, that piano player means get out and make room for Paul Sullivan in the Irish Hit Parade. What is his name? We should give him credit. 
Jimmy. Jimmy the piano player. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, Jimmy the ivory. Jimmy ivory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> best, ivory keys. Yeah. yeah, yeah this is ivory it's, keys it's, it's, on it's the 88. I, it's, it's actually ivory Jim. <laughs> ivory Jim. Yeah. Yeah. So. So hey, Ivory Jim's playing the I music, which means week, I have to way. go. I missed you. You the very best, down the festival. The very best in the <laughs> very best in Irish music with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade. Until next week, wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. Talk to you all then. Bye-bye.